When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, watching our podcast, WIP YouTube page. Check it out there when we put our video podcast, myself at Tucker Bagley, and I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready. Yesterday, I was not in a good place. I don't think most of us were in a good place yesterday after Game 2 and and the Phillies blowing Game 2 down in Atlanta, but we're back. Game 3, I'm back in Philadelphia, excited for tonight down at Citizens Bank Park, and I've got three keys, and... I don't think any will shock you, but I've got three keys for game number three for the Phillies to retake control of this series. And let's start with the most important thing. By far, without question, is Aaron Nola tonight. And really, tonight will be the defining game in a lot of ways of Aaron Nola's career with the Phillies. If Aaron Nola pitches really well tonight, I expect there to be a significant groundswell of people who want to bring Aaron Nola back. Uh, you know, who want Aaron Nola to be here for the long term. Nola to finish his career in Philadelphia, to go down as one of the great all-time Philly pitchers ever. And, and I mean, it really, in, in essence, he already is that. I mean, he's one of the five to seven greatest pitchers in Philly's history, regardless of what happens tonight. But you and I and everyone, we all know this. I mean, tonight will go a long way into how Aaron Nola's perceived, his free agency, all of that. But even bigger than that, of course, is this playoff run and what Aaron Nola could provide tonight against the Atlanta Braves. And look, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. You look at look at Aaron Nola's splits in his career against the Braves, which primarily have been have been good. He's 16 and 10 with a 3.30 ERA and 34 career starts against the Braves. That includes the postseason. At home, way, way better. I mean almost a full run lower on the ERA. He's 12 and 3 with a 2.59 earn run average at Citizens Bank Park against the Braves. He has done well against the Braves overall in his career. Now, you go through it this year in the games he started against Atlanta. His first start against Atlanta did not go well down in Atlanta May 25th. He gave up five earned runs in six innings, eight hits, three homers allowed. He faced them again here in Philadelphia on June 22nd, pitched much better. Six innings, zero earned runs, five strikeouts, and two walks. So, so really, a couple things stood out to be there. Four walks in the first two games, 12 strikeouts over the 12 innings. Uh, but the first time, the three home runs. The second time he faced them, zero home runs. Then he faced him down Atlanta. And this was really, I thought, was the start of Nola turning around um, how he had pitched this season and, and really kind of getting himself in a better place as we move towards October. He faced them in Atlanta September 20th. 
Six or six innings, two earned runs, eight strikeouts, zero home runs allowed. So I, I think a couple things stand out. In the two games he pitched well, zero home runs. In the one game he pitched poorly against the Braves this year, three home runs. It really, you know, th- this some of this stuff is not rocket science. If Aaron Nola doesn't walk batters and keeps the ball in the yard, he's good enough. His stuff's good enough. His ability to pitch is good enough. The Braves aren't going to just smack him around for 15 hits tonight. Like, they're going to have to get home runs and walks off him to have crooked numbers across the board, and that's the key for Aaron Nola. It is the key tonight, and it's really been the key in his in his, his resurgence over the past three starts, you know, towards the end of the regular season, and then obviously what he did against Miami last week. The key is going to be keep the baseball in the yard and don't walk batters. And you look at Aaron Nola's career, it has been that because he gets plenty of ground balls. He gets plenty of strikeouts. That's never a problem. I mean, look at his career right now. We're talking about a guy over the last four years struck out, you know, let's just go five years back to 2019. That was his first year over 10 strikeouts per nine. He's averaged 10.4 strikeouts per nine over five years. He has been a guy who's been really outstanding in a lot of ways for a lot of these years. Plenty of strikeouts, plenty of innings. It's the walk rate. That is what fluctuates on him, and that's what really could get him in trouble. This year, he went over two guys per nine. He walked. It hadn't been that high since 2020. And then, of course, it's the home run rate, and that's what really fluctuates on him. This year, was at 1.5 per nine innings. It was the worst of his career. Last year, 0.08. Year before that, 1.3. Year before that, 1.1. 1.2. You look at his years when the ERA is the lowest, and you find those home run rates are, are dipping below one. And then when that ERA you know, jumps up, it's because of the home run rate that really explodes on him. It's about home runs. Keep If Aaron Nola has his command tonight, doesn't walk batters. He keeps the ball in the yard. He will keep the Phillies in the game. I have no doubt about that. I feel pretty good about Aaron Noel heading against tonight. All right. Key number two for the Phillies tonight is their bats. And that may seem like a very sim- simple thing. Of course, they need to hit to win the game tonight, Joe. Yeah, well, I know they do. But it's not just how they have to hit. The Phillies have to do the two things I'm encouraging Nola not to allow the Braves to do. The Phillies need to work counts. I want to drain whoever is on the mound tonight. They might start Bryce Elder. They might start a rookie 20-year-old that really has very little experience in the big leagues, but he's got big-time stuff. A.J. Smith, Shaver, who was drafted just a couple years ago, has big-time stuff, came up this year. You know, he pitched a little bit. His numbers aren't outrageous. His strikeout numbers at the minor league level, though, are outrageous. Like, outrageous. 12, you know, strikeouts per nine. But he walks a lot of batters. He's walked a lot of batters in the big leagues so far. He's walked uh, four, about four per nine in the major leagues so far. And in the minors, he's walked 5.3 per nine since he was drafted. Now, this year in the minors, it was a little bit better. You know, he had 2.6 walks per nine at high A. He had 3.9 walks per nine at double A. But at triple A, where he made 10 starts, he did walk 5.7 batters per nine. Like, if it's Smith-Schoyder tonight, he will walk batters. Smith Chauver will walk batters. He will be wild. And tonight's the kind of night with the crowd into it. I'll get to that next. And the Phillies batters, and we know they have some patience, you know, the top of the lineup. Schwarber's patient. Harper's patient. You know, they have guys that, Stott is patient. They have guys that can be very patient. The Phillies need to work this guy if, if it's the young guy. So I'll, I'll give it two ways. If it's Bryce Elder, I want to just beat him because he doesn't have good stuff. I don't think Elder's going to come in here trying to walk, you know, walk the planet. He's going to try to throw strikes hit him, and jump on him. If it's Smith-Shaver, 
I think the Phillies need to weight this guy at his a power pitcher. He has good stuff. He has strikeout ability, but he will walk the ballpark. It wouldn't surprise me at all if if it's Smith Chauver to start this game and you get a scenario where Kyle Schwarber walks to, you know, first at bat. And then Bryce Harper walks as the third batter to the plate. And all of a sudden, you know, JT walks and the bases are loaded for Castellanos in the first inning. That wouldn't surprise me at all because this kid walks a lot of people. He has not yet found refined control or command of his pitches. So be patient. If it's Elder, jump on him. Now, will the Braves go with an opener? They might. They might. And I, I would think if I'm if I'm Brian Sicker, I would think seriously about putting a lefty out there like a minter to open the game and then hand it to Schmitz-Schauver. I mean, I, I, they could do that. Now, of course, then you don't have Minter for later. You're using him in the first inning, which could be advantage Phillies if it's tight game late, but they could do something like that. I just think the Phillies bats tonight need to feed off of the crowd, feed off of the moment at hand, and do what is necessary based on the matchup they're getting early in the game. And if you tell me at the end of the game, I'm going to make a little prediction here. At the end of the night tonight, we're going to count up the Phillies' walks and the Phillies' home runs, and we're going to count up the Braves' walks and the Braves' home runs for each offense. The team that has the more walks and more home runs is going to win this game without question, in my mind. And if it is a margin there, right, if one team hits four home runs, the other team hits one, you know, if it's a big gap between the, those two numbers, there's no doubt in my mind that the, the team that has the big gap will win the game, probably going away. You know, probably w- without much question. I'm going to look as we go through this at the box scores of yesterday's games. You know, the two American League games, one by Houston against Minnesota, and of course, the Texas knocks out the Orioles. So the Twins yesterday had seven walks and they did not hit a home run. Okay, so they walked seven times, the Twins. They did not hit a home run. The Astros walked three times and they hit two, three, four. So seven, that's 10 home runs and walks for the Astros to just seven for the Twins. So 10 to seven, and the Astros win that game without question. Last night, Baltimore and Texas. The Orioles had, let's see, they had two walks last night, zero home runs. The Rangers had two walks, and they hit one, two, three home runs. So five to two. Each game in the American League yesterday, the team that had combined more walks and home runs won the game. Let's go to Dodgers-Diamondbacks a couple nights ago, okay? The Los Angeles Dodgers had four walks, and they hit one home run. That's five total. The Arizona Diamondbacks had five walks and a home run. That's six. Arizona wins 6-5, and they won the game 4-2. So through this little very quick sample here, the last couple days of Major League Baseball in the postseason, it's hit in every single game. Let's go to the Phillies and the Braves, you know, the game number two that was a blown opportunity for the Phillies. The Braves only walked once, so good job by the Phillies pitching, and then they hit the two home runs. So that's three total. The Phillies, and this just goes to show you, they blew a chance here. They walked seven times and hit a home run. Eight, wow, eight to three was the final ledger there for the Phillies. So the Phillies, that, and that, oh man, it just brings me back to how much they blew that game by. They, they, they had opportunities. So three of the last four Major League Baseball playoff games, the teams that had the more hits, excuse me, walks and home runs, Won the game. The one exception, the Phillies blowing a game they had no business blowing a couple nights ago. Walks and home runs. That is the formula tonight for the Phillies. Out homer the Braves, out walk the Braves, and they're going to be up in this series 2-1. to one. All right, the last one, and it's really the one that I think we're all looking forward to. If you're going to be there, you're going to be part of it. And that is 
the Phillies crowd to change this game, to get in the heads of young pitchers, whether it is Elder, whether it is a, a kid that you know really has never pitched here before, A.J. Smith, Jauver, 20 years old. I mean, he is a kid for Fort Worth, Texas, just drafted a couple years ago in the 2021 draft. He's brand new to this. Get in his head, rattle him. I thought last year it was a, a an amazing atmosphere that changed the series. And it is amazing how... How eerily similar this feels to Game 3 last year. The Phillies won Game 1 in Atlanta in a dramatic fashion. They dropped Game 2, and and a part, big part of that was a defensive miscue. Obviously, we had Trey Turner the other night, and then we had Reese Hoskins a couple nights ago. Reese was not hitting at that point. Neither was Schwarber early in the postseason. There was a lot of conversation on WIP. Should they drop Schwarber and or Hoskins in the lineup? Topper stuck with it. And then we know what happened with the bat slam and the crowd and the home run for by Reese Hoskins. And the other part that's eerily similar to last year is Aaron Nola was on the mound that night, that Friday night for Game 3 in Philadelphia to go up 2-1 on the Atlanta Braves. He was the pitcher that night for the Phillies, and he pitched very well. Six innings pitch, zero earned runs. He really pitched a whale of a game against a good Braves lineup. And here we are again. And this is an opportunity for the crowd. It's an opportunity for everyone in Philadelphia to change this series. And I'm not, I am not—I don't say this lightly. There is a real chance that you can do that. You can get in the head of this pitcher. You can be a difference maker in this series. Tonight has to be a night that we hear the decibel levels going off. Tonight has to be a night that we see a young pitcher on the mound for the Atlanta Braves get rattled. Tonight has to be a night where everyone across baseball says it again because it is true. This is is the best home field advantage in all sports. This is where big-time teams come to crumble. This is where a team like the Atlanta Braves, who is supposed to be the best offense in baseball, gets stymied. This is where a team that is supposed to be the favorite to win the World Series goes back into their shell. This is where the home crowd can have that effect. We saw it against the Miami Marlins, and now we could see it against the Atlanta Braves, just like last year, just like last year when the home field advantage was a difference maker. In the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks have the 12th man. Here in Philadelphia, there is a 10th man on that field, and it is everyone at Citizens Bank Park. Tonight is the kind of night, after a heartbreaking game two, that the Phillies need to come home and need to hear it from every single one of us. Need to hear this crowd change the game. Get into the head of the opposing pitcher. Get rattle that team. Make sure they don't ever want to come back here for a postseason game again. That's what tonight is about. I fully expect it, and I fully expect the crowd to be a difference maker, just like it was against Miami, just like it was last year against the San Diego Padres, just like it was last year against the Atlanta Braves. There is an advantage here that is unlike anything in pro sports. I was down there in Atlanta for the first few games of the series. They don't have that. Yeah, they got excited late in that game. Good for them. But no, not not like this. Not like this. It was not raucous from the first pitch. It wasn't raucous at all, really, until the Braves woke up with the Turner error, and then they got going there with their offense with Darno and Riley. But none of that, none of that from the start of the game. We've talked about it on the Midday Show. It needs to be a jungle. I need to see those rally towels going as soon as TBS pans in to show this series. That's what I need to see, and that's what I expect. And hopefully, just like last year, the Phillies find a way to get a big Game 3 in Philadelphia and the chance tomorrow to close this thing out. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, and of course being part of WIP Daily. It's been 
Incredible watch this Phillies team get to this point. And now we look forward to moving to the next point. Tomorrow, we'll break down the game. Obviously, look forward to game number four. Hopefully, a cl- well, it's a closeout game either way. So it's a big game either way. Hopefully, a closeout game for the Phillies. Again, appreciate you listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We will talk tomorrow on the podcast. Of course, a lot of Eagle stuff later this week. But right now, my mind, as I'm getting ready to put on my Phillies overalls here, my mind is fully on game number three in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park tonight. Appreciate everyone listening to WIP Daily.